Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Good morning, Hope Gateway. My name is Ophelia. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm the worship coordinator here at Hope Gateway. I'm really excited about the conversation that we're about to have with Erica and Jeff. Last week, you heard Sarah interviewing Allison and Carter, and I'll confess, I knew these were going to be fantastic conversations, but I was not prepared for how excellent um, that conversation and the richness of wisdom um, we experienced coming from all three of them. So if you didn't get a chance to check that out, you can um, find that on our Facebook. Um, There are There's a um, recording of that that you can go back and view. But this week, I'm really excited to talk with Erica and Jeff. Erica, you already heard a little bit from earlier today, already giving us some fantastic wisdom on being present in the wow that is happening right now. Um, And I want for us to talk a little bit more about this really important community practice. So before we start in, I wanted to say, um, just to read what it says on our website and some other sources under presence. So you know what we're talking about when we say presence is important. When we say presence, um, the community practice reads as this. We will practice a a contemplative stance in order to be present to God, the world, and ourselves. We will practice hospitality with our neighbors in our families, neighborhoods, and workplaces. And finally, we will be present to our faith community through participation in our worship, fellowship, and mission. And now I would also love to share a bit of scripture so that we can just kind of roll that around in the backs of our heads as we're listening to Erica and Jeff. This comes from the second letter to the Corinthians, um, chapter one, verses three and four. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed. He is the compassionate Father and God of all comfort. He's the one who comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort other people who are in every kind of trouble. We offer the same comfort that we ourselves received from God. All right. At this point, I would love to bring on Erica and Jeff. I'm going to try to add spotlights. And one second. All right. I think that should be, oh, did we get Jeff? Add spotlight. All right. That should be all of us. So it's me, Erica, and Jeff. Um, Erica, I would love for you to start us off, and Jeff, you can follow right after. Please introduce yourselves, um, name, pronouns, and then maybe 
uh, just a brief introduction to how the practice of presence has been an important part of your life. Sure, uh, my name is Erica Lovejoy and I use um, she, her pronouns. Um, and I think the presence in my life, you know, I work um, with children, obviously, and also with elders. And I feel like that gives me a lot of practice <laughs> and presence. Um, I feel like in both instances, I'm surrounded by folks who often just want to be seen and heard um, and just sort of have someone to be with them. Um, and I think mostly, mostly we'll be talking about, you know, our presence with other people. But when thinking about this question, I was thinking about sort of my practice of presence to myself and God and the world sort of out in nature and um, how important that has been sort of in my life and grounding just to sort of be out in the world and nature and and um sort of experiencing that with all my senses so i didn't want that to go um unsaid today but mm, yes i'm glad that you also brought that that aspect of presence in thanks erica jeff yes uh, i'm jeff hewitt um uh he him are my pronouns um as i thought about this question um the answer that kept coming to me was not the one that i really wanted but Spirit knows better than I do. Um, for me, presence has to start with me. I, I can't be present to others unless I can do this myself and uh, to, to be aware of what's going on inside me. And um, on a very personal note, I, I have anxiety disorders. So I need a lot of time to be able to focus and be present. And in the last year, I've really worked hard at that, um, which has uh, helped me to be present to people who have called me or reached out to me um, in their time of need. Um, and I think that if, if, like Erica said, if we're not, if we're not present to ourselves or grounding ourselves, it's very hard to be present to others. Um, so I, I would say that uh, presence as a regular practice of just being still every day, um, even if it's for just five minutes, really helps me to ground myself, remind myself that I'm okay, and um, you know, then go forward. And whatever it is that God and the world is going to have, um, I'm there. Beautiful. Thank you both so much for sharing. And Jeff, I can't help but think about how much what you've just shared resonates with the scripture from this morning that um, it says in 2 Corinthians that, you know, we are comforted and that comfort is something that we can share with others um, and that we're not pouring out of empty vessels. So thank you so much for that reminder that being present with ourselves is a part of this practice. And Jeff, I would love for you now to describe a time when someone meaningfully shared the gift of their presence with you. Sure. Um, once again, I, I thought about this for a while. Um, and, and it actually is, uh, I, I learned this skill at, at Chime, at the Chaplaincy Institute of Maine, where I went to school. Um, but it really became, um, obvious to me when when one of my therapists in a specialized program that I'm in who has experienced the some of the same things I have and she was just there she didn't try to fix anything she 
could empathize with what was going on, but she was just there. Mm. And that really, really helped me um, because she was mirroring mirroring what I like to do for people. Um, And it has been a a profound experience. Uh, You know, she's here in Maine, but we do everything via Zoom. But the fact that she could be, that I could feel her being present to me, I knew that she was just, she was hearing me. Um, was just really profound considering that it, it was over digital communications. Um, so there is always that. Um, and But she has been a real rock for me in the last year, uh, six months. I think we met six months ago. Um, and so that uh, she has um, really helped me um, to, to put aside some of the stuff I worry about so that I can be more present to others. Mm. Beautiful. I'm so glad you have this person in your life too. Thank you. Erica, has there been a time when someone has meaningfully shared the gift of their presence with you? Sure. Yeah. Um, so there was a time um, many years ago uh, and um, when Alan and Sarah had first moved to Portland and maybe Sarah remembers this and maybe not, but, um, and uh, not long after that, some things had happened in my family um, that really like rattled my core um, and some really important relationships um, seemed sort of shattered beyond repair. Um, so not to sound dramatic, but I really thought, you know, I was sort of started questioning everything that had happened in my family sort of up to that point. Um, I think I was just a wreck. And somehow, I don't, I don't know if I told Sarah or she sort of gathered that um, I was having a hard time. She picked me up at my apartment and we went to Whole Foods. And I don't remember the details. I assume that we got some food or something, um, but I mostly remember Sarah listening to me um, and looking at my eye and just like really listening um, as I like tearfully told her about my world crumbling. Um, And she didn't offer to fix anything because really she couldn't, right? Like there was nothing that she could do except um, be present with me. Um, and I remember as I wrapped up sort of spilling my guts and crying and her, we were sitting in the front seat of her car. Um, I remember her sort of grabbing both of my hands in her hands and, um, you know, she prayed for comfort and peace and clarity. And I just remember sitting in that car, you know, this is, I don't know, 15 years ago, sitting in the car and just feeling like I could, like I could breathe again. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's just one of the greatest examples of presence and of, and of love that I felt, um, you know, in, in my life. So, um, thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing Erica. Uh, both of you have just talked about the importance of people in your life who didn't want to just rush to fix things. And if I can be totally candid for a second, you're both people who are really gifted at solving problems. Like you're both good at details, fixing things and like responding to other people's needs. And what you're saying though, is that presence can be really different from all of that, that comes naturally to you, or maybe not naturally, I don't know, but that you do well. And what I'm hearing is that sometimes presence just says, I can't do anything to solve this problem, but I'm here. So Erica, why is it that our presence, why is our presence important even when we can't solve someone's problem? So to your point about Sarah being in the car with you, holding your hands and letting you 
be completely authentic about what has brought your world crumbling down? Why was it important um, that Sarah's presence was there? Why is our presence important, even if we can't solve someone's problem? Mm. I think it's so hard. You know, I, I've been working in, you know, social work agencies, you know, my, my whole professional career. And before that was sort of dedicated to service. Right. So it's like our brains, I think, go to like, how can we fix things? How can we make things a little bit better than when we started? Um, and I worked at, at Preble street for about eight years um, after I started college um, in the day shelter, which was sort of designed as a safe place where people could spend the day and there were showers and lockers. And we had some basic items um, that folks could ask for as well as case management. Um, so every day I would stand behind this desk and I would wait for people to come in and ask me for something that they needed. Um, and sometimes it would be a toothbrush or a pair of socks. Um, and sometimes it would be bigger things. Um, it felt so good to pass them what they needed, right? Um, and really bad when I couldn't. Um, one day when I first started working there, I witnessed an exchange between someone in our space and um, one of the supervisors of the program. And the person was talking about what was going on in their life, you know, one thing after another um, that was not going the way we would hope. Um, and I watched the supervisor sort of practice active listening. Um, and when it came to a point that he was done sharing, um, she looked at him um, sincerely and simply and said, I'm sorry, these things are happening to you. That really sucks. And part of me was like, oh, the supervisor just said sucks to someone. And then the other part was like, wait a minute, like this is really important, right? Like it was such an important lesson to me, um, you know, working with people with real serious needs every day that sometimes it's not okay to try, you know, it's, it's okay to not try to fix someone. <laughs> um, sometimes they just need to be heard and acknowledged. Um, and you know, have someone say like, this is really hard. Um, and people need to know that they're more than just a problem that needs to be fixed, right? There's a human with all sorts of feelings and experiences that are really important and valued. And when I was thinking about this, you know, I was um, just reflecting on this to prepare for today. Um, I was thinking about how that story mirrored that, the, you know, the story of, you know, Sarah and I sitting in the car, um, you know, in both instances, you know, someone saying like, there's no way we can fix this, right? There's no cure for the deep pain that you're feeling, but I can walk beside you as you wade through it. And that's just a really beautiful gift, right? <laughs> yeah, truly is. Thanks so much. Jeff, to you, is there, do you, is there anything that you want to add about how important it is um, to be present, even if you can't solve somebody's problem? Uh, not much. I mean, Erica said it so well. There are just times when we're there. Um, and and I the only thing I would add, it would be um, a lot of times people feel the need to say something. What that supervisor said was perfectly okay. It was acceptable. It was what she should have said. But if you're not practicing presence or you have a tendency to want to fix something, um, like you know, when people call me at the death of a child, I've had to do a few funerals like that. Our, our intent is to want to fix something. We can't fix the death of a child. And so when, when we encounter a situation where we can't fix it, what Sarah did with Erica, what the supervisor did is perfect. When we say things like, you know, well, they're in a better place now, they're not suffering anymore. That makes me cringe. Yeah. And probably makes that person cringe. Um, so I, I think it's important when we are 
being present, realizing that we can't fix it, our words are just as equally as important um, as our listening skills. Absolutely. Thank and you. So doing damage um, in, unintentionally. You're right. I have also been to a few funerals where somebody has said something like, oh, you know, I'm going to dismiss your pain with this bit of silver lining. They're in a better place. They're no longer suffering. And that's not fair to the people who are suffering. I think that both of you bring up a great point that sometimes being able to say, to hear someone and then say in response, that sucks, that really sucks, gives the gift of affirmation. Like you're affirming their reality. And sometimes people don't get that enough. You know, we don't get to hear like, wow, I hear that you're dealing with a lot or wow, I acknowledge that it's taking tremendous courage or strength to just be you today. So you're both giving the present or the gift of presence and of affirming somebody's reality, which is sometimes way too, way too rare. Um, I want us to, this will be my last question to you too, but I think um, it'll yield a lot of really wonderful nuggets for the folks listening. Um, what are some practical things we can do to practice the important undertaking of presence? Um, and I'll ask this to you first, Jeff. In other words, if I want to learn how to be more present with other people in their joy or their suffering, like you two are, or if I just want to diversify my presence skill set, then what are some things that I can practically do? Um, well, uh, for me, and, and I, I always try to use the I voice, um, uh, speaking for me, um, it's important to take care of ourselves first because we cannot be present or I don't feel that I can be present to another person effectively. I mean, I can be present there. How effective I would be uh, would be the question. Um, but I, I always try to take care of myself, self-care. Um, and, and it's and it also, if you're practicing, there are sometimes it's okay to say no. Um, whether it's because the person that needs the attention is something that's going to trigger you and cause you to be not present or, you know, it's not going to be effective. It's just being aware of what your own needs and your own limitations are is the first step. Um, mm -hmm. And then taking time to, to, um, to be with yourself and, um, you know, a lot of times I just, it's organic for me. Like, I'll just give you one quick example. Oftentimes I am guilty of when I'm walking into the office on any given day, um, I, my head's already at my desk thinking I got to do this, 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 this. And I'm walking by all kinds of people. I mean, mm -hmm. I, there are all kinds of people I could see. But the other day, for some reason, I don't know, um, I, I was practicing presence without being aware. Um, I came out of the coffee shop and directly in front of me on it was a rainy, it was that rainy day. There's a guy sitting there on the ground. It was soaking wet and it was cold. And for some reason, our eyes locked. And I had a conversation with him. And I went back inside and got him something because he didn't have, you know, he didn't have anything. So we, we got him warmed up and I talked to him and I said, and what is your name? And he just looked stunned because so many people go by them without, you know, they may give him money, but they don't ask their name. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, well, God bless you. And I said, yeah, God has blessed me. I have a new friend. So just trying, just something as simple as being aware of who's around you when you're around. And that's hard to do sometimes. And I get that. I mean, it's, I'm guilty of it all the time. Um, but in that moment, and I remember I was crying on the way into the office and I'm like, okay, Jeff, get yourself together. <laughs> you gotta go to work. Um, but it was that profound moment where God, where God was trying to reach to me and I took the opportunity. And I think that that's just, you know, it, it's, it's a practice then. And, and it's just, we do it, <clears throat> we do it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Keep practicing. Thank you. The gift of presence was definitely a gift for a lot of people that day. Erica, um, do you have anything to add about practical things that people could do if they wanted to learn to be more present? Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, in light of what Jeff was saying, you know, to put yourself in situations where your presence is needed, right? To, um, if you know someone is struggling, you know, or you see someone literally at your feet struggling to, to reach out um, and make plans to be with them. Um, if you see a neighbor outside um, doing yard work, maybe ask them um, how they're doing and really listen without you know, then asking them to borrow their rake, you know, um, if you see a, a kid out riding their bike, maybe, you know, ask them about it or ask them to show you how fast they can run and then, you know, cheer enthusiastically when they do. Um, I think to show up places with no agenda, I think is a great way to, you know, be present. I think often we say, oh, we'll ask so-and-so how they're doing, and then we'll move on to the real point of this conversation. Um, I said, put down your phone. I feel like often I miss things because I'm um, busy looking at a screen instead of other people. Um, maybe uh, go someplace beautiful, um, hug a tree, eat wild blueberries, um, join a group, volunteer, um, smile at people, I think is a nice way to sort of make that um, connection. And um, Maybe when the time is right, you know, just look at someone and let them know that um, whatever they're going through um, really sucks. And that's, that's all I got for today. Wonderful. Oh, man, I feel like if we just kept on talking, you would keep on sharing so, so, so much more profound wisdom. Thank you both so much, Erica and Jeff. This has been an incredible conversation, and I'm so glad that you're part of this community to continue to show us how to practice the gift of presence. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.org.